I do want to give you a quick update as we are in uh, Miracle Sunday. What a what a special day! Now, if you're if you're new with us, this is a one time a year Sunday where we receive a special offering. In in this case, we're receiving it for our new building that is being built right now on Jones in 215, to God be the glory. All of the plumbing, all of the electrical, uh, all of that has been put underground. It's there. They said, if you want a new bathroom, it's too late, all right? It's all there. It's all all underground. And now um, in uh, the uh, first week of December, all the concrete's gonna get poured, amen? the steel is on its way as we speak, and uh, there was a big, big argument with all of our contractors this week because no one knows where to put the steel. I said, figure it out. So we're, we're calling neighbors around us saying, do you want um, millions and millions and millions of pounds of steel in your land for a couple of, of weeks? And I think we got to deal with that. So anyway, it's all happening, and to God be the glory, but... Um, I just thought it'd be good to give you a quick update. Now, again, if you're new with us, this is kind of like just a quick little family talk, but I think you might be interested too. Um, And here's what I'm really, really, really excited about. I'm excited about in 2023, uh, what we've been able to do for missions around the world. And uh, to date, as of this Sunday, we have been able to sow $504,835 into missions. Isn't that great? I love that number that we've been able to sow into amazing ministries like the Dream Center in Los Angeles and in Colorado City, which the Colorado City story is amazing what they're doing up there, uh, where they literally went into a town and drove out a cult leader, bought his compound, and are, are now using it um, for the glory of God, getting women um, free from sex trafficking. It's a, it's, a, it's a miracle story. We're a part of that. Wycliffe uh, Bible translators were... were uh, translating the, the Bible into new languages every day. I love that. Just so many different ones. Um, Mike Barber Ministries, Hope for Prisoners, God Beyond Bars are all different prison ministries that we're a part of because they're all doing different things. Mike goes in and holds revivals in uh, maximum security prisons. And they hold full-blown worship preaching and get guys saved. It's amazing. Hope for Prisoners is a little different where they're, where they're helping people who are getting out of prison back on their feet. Uh, God Behind Bars is a little different because we're providing tablets so that people can watch the sermons in prison, which, by the way, I, I talked about these tablets a couple weeks ago, and a woman caught me after service with tears in her eyes, and she goes, the tablets are real. <laughs> and I thought, the Ten Commandments, what are we talking about? She goes, no, the tablets. And she goes, I had a tablet in prison, and that's how I found you. Isn't that awesome? I said, the tablets are real. Amen. Firm Israel, an amazing ministry right there in the Holy Land that is bringing, uh, Paul said that the gospel goes to the Jew first, Romans 1. And so we are sowing into that whole area, uh, standing with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Life Today, providing clean water, uh, the Resource Medical Center of Southern Nevada, uh, helping uh, women um, who find themselves pregnant and are looking um, for, for really just hope uh, from, from as practical as giving them diapers to all the way to helping them if they want to put their baby into adoption, um, all these kind of things. Uh, Las Vegas Teen Challenge, and I could, and I could keep going on. There's, there's more and more. This doesn't include all of the different relief that we jump into action with things like the Maui fires or anything else that, that might happen. So I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. On top of that, we have given away 150,000 pounds of food. 
through I Love My City in that great second and fourth Saturday of every month. They were there yesterday. And we do it like clockwork, amazing. Again, just, just want to give you just a good little update of, of how the church is doing. Salvations this year. Uh, we've seen over 1,800 people come to Christ this year. Amen. Baptisms, 315 people. New members, 354 people who have gone through our Next Steps program and have joined our church. Over 1,100 first-time families. Uh, serve team. I love our serve team. They, they make this thing happen. 548 people on our serve team. Our children's ministry has grown by 46%. Youth ministry by 60. Sunday attendance by 41%. Hey, to God be the glory. And, uh, and we praise God that he's, he's doing a work in our church. None of these are numbers. All of these are people, souls, and all of this is what matters for eternity. Jesus said everything we do here, uh, man, moth and rust, rust is going to destroy. But, but whatever we do for the kingdom, man, it's going to last forever. And so thank you, every tither, every giver, every, every person who comes, every, every hater who just shows up to see what I'm going to say next. Thank you. I'm just glad you're here. Amen. I mean, just, you know, whatever. I'm just glad you're here, and I'm glad you are a part of this ministry. Now that leads us into miracle offering. Um, we are building a building to facilitate everything I just said. Amen. All, all the building does is help us do more ministry. We're going to roll out, um, in 2024. I've got this vision for, for different classes, adult classes that we're going to offer to people, uh, who want to go deeper in their discipleship. And we're going to have to do that online in 24. Thank you. We're going to have to do that online in 2024 because we don't have anywhere to, to put you guys. We couldn't do a prayer meeting right now. If I called a prayer meeting and to our HQ over on West Warm Springs, it would be a mess. No one would pray. Everyone would just cuss and leave. <laughs> so all the, all the building is, is a tool to facilitate more ministry. And so everything that we sow today is going to go into that building. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that many of you have been, you've been praying, you've been talking to God, you've been, you've been believing big and we're going to sow that today, you know, and I believe that Las Vegas is worth sowing into the most unchurched city in America, in the most unchurched state in America. Uh, I believe, I believe I'm here and you're here. We are here on purpose, on time for a purpose to minister to this city with the love of Jesus Christ. And so, um, and, and our goal is to pay down this debt. The, the, the phase one of the building is a $16 million project. We've already paid six of that down. So we have 10 to go. And let me just explain why we're so aggressive about paying off debt. It's really not a theology as much as it is just wisdom. Um, if we pay 8% on every dollar every month over 15 years over the life of our loan, that will be 11 million in interest. Hello. Do you ever look at your, at your house mortgage and go, what in the world? I've been paying for years and the principal hasn't dropped. You know what I'm saying? Because you've, you've, been, you've been paying interest. Well, so as we lower that and lower that debt, that is money that doesn't go to the bank. We love our bank. I love you if you're watching, Mr. President. I love you, banker. But that's 11 million over 15 years. That doesn't go to our bank. 
it stays in the city. It stays in ministry. It stays, stays helping people and serving people. So that's why we're so aggressively trying to pay this off. Um, even on just the $6 million that we've paid already, $6 million over 15 years is about $4 million in interest that we're, that we're saving already. And so um, if you want to think 8%, you know, you can just, you can literally think over, the, over that time. Whatever you give, you're basically giving, for every dollar, you're basically giving $1.70 over every month over 15 years. So whatever you give today, it just multiplies right into ministry. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for that. And so people have been praying. We've been going to John chapter 2, verse 5 that says, hey, whatever God tells you to do, do it. Whatever Jesus tells you to do. Well, I don't feel like God spoke to my, like I didn't hear a voice. I've never heard a voice either, but I just kind of get a nudge in my nudger. Amen. Like somewhere in here, it's a knowing in your knower. Uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, whatever you've purposed in your heart, don't do it out of pressure. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Just kind of whatever's in your heart so that, amen, I believe that if we'll all kind of just obey that. Uh, God's going to do something amazing. So there, there is no pressure. We're not going to call you forward. I'm not going to go to the back and look at your offering as you sow it. We're all just going to obey God. Amen. Uh, Jabin, can I give next week? You can give whenever you want. I don't care. I'm just this. We're just creating an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. So, okay, everybody, take a deep breath. Are we okay? There's a lot of talking, but I, I, I want to want to walk you through that. Um, the series is entitled Legacy because really what we're doing is we're building a house for the next generation. This is, this is all about our kiddos. If, if you did not listen, especially the last week's message, please, 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 please find it on YouTube. Find it on any one of our streaming platforms because I want you to hear our heart. A legacy is something valuable left to someone else. It is a long-lasting impact of a person's life, and that's what we want to do. We want to leave a legacy for this city. We want, to, we want to impact the next generation, and really what I've done over the last two weeks is I talked about the why of giving. Uh, today, I want to kind of talk about the how of giving, and I want to talk about the faith element that is required every time you give. And I want to show it to you from a scripture. This is 2 Kings chapter 3, 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 16. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For this is what the Lord says, you will not see the wind, nor will you see the rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals may drink and this, this miracle that God's about to do is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Everybody say, it's easy for God. Come on, one more time. Say, it's easy for God. And he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Now, it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly, oh, I like that word. Anytime you see that word in the Bible, pay attention. Suddenly, water came from Pahrump. No, 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 from Edom. Think about, think about that, though. They're in the Las Vegas Valley, but, but the water's flowing from up, from, from up there. Just, just feel this. They don't see the rain. They don't see the clouds. They don't see the wind. They don't smell the rain. It's, it's not anywhere near them, but God is providing for them in an unexpected, supernatural way. And the land was filled with water. 
Can you say amen to God's word? Let's talk about make room for a miracle. Make room for a miracle. Make room for a miracle. Elbow your neighbor on your left or right. Tell him, give me some room. Give me some room. Come on, give me some room. Give me some room. Father, help me to preach this thing. Help us to hear it. Holy Spirit, open our ears to your word. Silence the voice of the adversary that would try to distract from this moment. And may we all have the courage to do whatever you called us to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. And Lord, help the Formula One guys. Huh? What a mess. Jesus, all right. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. These are the famous words of the late, great Catherine Kuhlman. I believe in miracles because I believe in God. What, what Catherine was saying is that I cannot separate God from the miraculous. Hear me, friend. You cannot separate God from the miraculous. The Bible is a miracle book. It is filled with the stories of the miracle-working God. And if you need a miracle today, I believe you're in the right place because we are in the presence of the miracle worker. His name is Jesus. In Genesis chapter 17, God makes a covenant with this first man of faith, Abraham. He makes a covenant with him and he says, Abraham, I want you to know that in this covenant, you need to know who I am. So I'm going to give you my name right now because I want you to know that you are now in covenant. You are now in agreement. You are now protected by me and you got to know my name because, because when you understand my name, you will understand who I am. I am El Shaddai. You are now in covenant, Abraham, with El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough, the God of more supply than you have demand. Literally, El Shaddai means this. This is a little graphic, but flow with me here. It means the many-breasted one. Y'all ever seen a big hog laying down and all the... Little piggies are getting there. Maybe you've, seen a, you know, maybe you've had a, a, a mama dog in the house and all the puppies are trying to get to God. God goes, I, I've, I've, I'm the many-breasted one. I have supply for every one of my children. If you have a need, I have a supply. If you have a demand, I have a supply. Whatever, you'll, I will never run out. It doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is. I'm the many-breasted one. I'm El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. And you will never out-demand me because I never run out. He's the God of Isaiah 41 that, that says I'm the everlasting God. When you run out, God doesn't run out. When the doctor runs out, God doesn't run out. When your bank account runs out, God doesn't run out. When the economy runs out, God doesn't run out. When the interest rates seem to, are they gonna go another point? God doesn't run out. He's, he's the all-sufficient one. Some of you are praying for your children right now. They're not serving God and you're going, man, they just keep getting into more and more and more trouble. Can I say for every more trouble, there's more mercy. For every new addiction, there's a new grace. 
for every new crazy thing they get involved in. The same God that called that prodigal home is calling them home. And you and your family shall be saved in the name of Jesus because he's the all-sufficient one. Your, your child does not have more rebellion than God has mercy. Hallelujah. Say amen, everybody. I See, the men in 2 Kings 3 needed a miracle. They were obeying God. They were doing what they knew to do. They, they were obeying the man of God. They were connected to their pastor, Elisha. And yet they had a need. So the need did not prove their lack of faith or an open door to the enemy. or It just, battles show up. Battles show up and a battle showed up. And an enemy came in on them. And not only were they now in a fight, but they were also in a drought. And they needed a miracle. This word miracle in the New Testament is the Greek word dunamis. If you're a church person, maybe you've heard dunamis meaning power. It does mean power, but it also means miracle. It's the dynamic, miracle-working power of God. It's that explosive dynamite of God that can break through any barrier. In Acts chapter 19, the scripture said that God did special dunamis through the hands of Paul. Special miracles through the hands of Paul. Special dunamis that that there there was dynamic power flowing through the apostle. This is who God is. And Elisha says that the need that they had was a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. I did not say that when you need a miracle, it's easy for you. I'm just saying it's easy for God. Look at that in verse 18. He he, he says, don't don't panic because God's not panicked. Don't be surprised because God's not surprised. Don't worry because God's not worried. This is easy for God. And I I have to settle in to the fact that my El Shaddai can break in and break through in my life. So if I'm, if I'm going to make room for a miracle, firstly, I got to dig a ditch. I got I to dig a ditch. Thank you, Fern. I got to dig a ditch. This is called a shovel. I just found that out. No, I'm just kidding. I know what a shovel is. Know what a shovel is. Can, can, can we just imagine this real quick? They, they need a miracle, and they go to their prophet. They go, they go to their man of God, and they say, we need a word. You need, you need to tell us what to do. So Elisha, you could read it in the earlier verses, he grabs the musicians, he gets in the anointing, he gets in the presence of God, and he begins to prophesy. Now, I don't know what they expected him to say, but I don't think it is what he said it would be. I think the music starts flowing, the emotions are there, it's really spiritual, it's a really beautiful moment. And I think think they're they're ready for Elisha to go, fire, and fire's going to fall down on the Moabites, right? Let it rain. Rain falls down. Everybody pray. No. The musicians are playing, and Elisha gets a word from God. Okay, I have the word. Everybody grab a shovel. Say what? What does a shovel have to do with a battle? What does a shovel have to do with the drought? What does a shovel have to do with our need? His first instruction wasn't to pray or to fast or to quote scripture or stand on the word. All those things are great. It wasn't to necessarily do something spiritual. It was to do something very natural. 
He said, dig a ditch, get your shovels, prepare for your answer. What he was saying is make room for the miracle. Because if you don't have ditches, when the rain finally falls, you're going to have a flood. The thing that God wants to do in your life will actually drown you if you're not ready for it. So you have to be prepared for whatever God is about to call you to do. See, digging a ditch doesn't feel spiritual. Making room does not seem spiritual until it's your ditch. Until it's your room. We're building this, this building. I think an image will come up behind me. That's the building we're building. It's, it's just blocks and just concrete and just steel and glass. And it's all just really expensive. <laughs> Not, nothing, about, nothing about that is sacred. But we're building it. Because it's not sacred till your child walks into that building and gets saved. It's not sacred till somebody walks in and gets healed of cancer. It's not, it's not sacred till your family comes back together. It, it's not special till you get filled with the Holy Spirit. It, there's nothing special about that right now. But when the people of God gather, see, we're digging a ditch and it's like, why are we doing Why are we building a building? Why are we doing this right now? Why don't we, why don't we just stay in the high school? No, we're preparing for God to do the supernatural. Can I tell you, all that building has been for me is a headache. Come on, somebody. It's been one giant prayer request. Every day I wake up with a knot in my stomach going, help! But I'm digging ditches. And it has not been fun. It hasn't been fun. Because it isn't fun digging ditches. But it's awesome when the rain falls. It's awesome when God moves in that auditorium. It's awesome when hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people get born again in that room. And all of a sudden, I'm going to go, thank God for the shovel. Thank God I got to be a part. See, they prepared for their miracle. Jensen Franklin taught me that physical obedience brings spiritual breakthroughs. I don't know if you've ever fasted. I, I fast every year, and I fast one day a week, and I'm... I've, Every time I fast, I don't feel spiritual. I'm grumpy. My mouth is dry. I'm achy. I'm cold. We always fast in January. It's freezing. You just get cold. Just cold and grumpy. Walk around my Uggs in the house, amen, like a... Drinking hot water, just uh, grumpy. You know, I've never felt spiritual on a fast, but then the fast ends. And then God starts talking and breakthroughs start happening and miracles start happening. It, it was something very natural that brought something very spiritual. Every time God has called me to do something, it just feels ridiculous. But I've learned that when God calls us to do the ridiculous, he does the miraculous. See, they were warriors. They were soldiers. They were fighters. They weren't farmers. They knew how to handle a sword, not a shovel. But see, the victory is not in your talent or in your skill or in your gifting. Your victory is in your obedience. The, uh, 
The victory is not in the seven steps that the preacher told you to follow. The victory is when the Holy Ghost talks to you and you do it. It's, there's never a formula with God. It's the leading and the guiding of the voice of the Holy Spirit for that season. We're going to battle. Let's pick up shovels. Don't make sense. Hmm. Am I talking to anybody? See, here, here, here's what I've learned. Every time you ask God for a miracle, he'll give you an instruction. Boy. Every time you ask God for a miracle, he'll give you a little instruction. And if you, and if you listen to it and obey it, there's, there's a miracle wrapped up in the word from God. Okay. The, here's what the Bible's full of. If you will, I will. 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 So let me say this. Let me say this statement and then let me unpack it. Obedience brings blessing. Now, time out. By giving or by praying or by fasting, you're not bargaining with God. You're not twisting God's arm. You're not changing God's mind. You're not getting God to submit to your plan. Giving, fasting, and praying submits you to his plan. Fasting, praying, and giving doesn't change God's mind about you. It changes your mind about God. Because some of you have never given and you still think God's stingy. It's not until you give that you experience his overflow and go, oh, you're, pretty, you're pretty nice. You're that guy Jabin's been talking about. Yeah, yeah. And God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we needed agreement because how can two walk together unless they agree? See, see listen, what God wants to do for you, he wants to do with you. So when, when God calls you to do the ridiculous and releases the miraculous, it's because he wants to do it with you. Now, now, I say that, you're going, what are you even talking about? Because see, you're a church person, so you've read all these stories since you were five, so they just seem normal. Hey, Noah, hey, God, build me a boat. For sure. Like, what is that? Oh, it's just like a big house that floats on water. You're gonna need it because it's about to rain. What? What's rain? Oh, it's like, it's water that's going to come from the sky. Okay. We just read over that. Hey, Elijah, uh, build me an altar. And since you're in a drought, cover it in water. Peter, take a step out on the boat. I'm not going to get in your boat. You're going to get out on my water. <laughs> you, you want me to feed 5,000? Okay. Break everybody up into a group of 50s. Why? Just cuz. Woman in famine, you need food? Yeah, I'm starving. Cool. I'll make the prophet some bread first. Widow in debt, go gather vessels. Oil's about to flow through your vessels. Naaman, you want to be healed of leprosy? Yeah, I really do. Go in the Jordan and dip. Okay, cool. Seven times. We just read it. And to every one of those, it's like, say what? A lot of those, you read it, and they were offended. Naaman was offended. The woman's like, what are you talking? I don't have anything. You want me to make you bread? I ain't got nothing. 
Want me to go gather vessels? I have nothing. It, it was ridiculous, and yet it was miraculous. I don't know if you remember in Exodus chapter 14. I've got it here, but I'm out of time, so I'm not going to read it, so trust me. Exodus 14. <laughs> read it later. Exodus 14. Uh, Moses is up against the Red Sea, and Pharaoh's coming, and Moses turns around uh, to, his, uh, to his people. He goes, hey, guys, do not fear. Just watch and see the salvation of the Lord. God's next word is, what are you doing? Get moving. Because until you stretch out your staff over the water, and until your toes get wet, the sea isn't splitting. Moses was just staring at the water like, whenever you're ready, God. Watch this, guys. Watch this. We're going to see the salvation of the Lord. It's going to be fire. And God comes to Moses. He's like, what are you doing? Tell the people, move. Move towards what? The water. And two million Jewish people just start walking towards an ocean. Like, whenever you're ready, Lord. And all of a sudden, the scripture says a strong wind came from the east. East always represents Jerusalem. It always represents God. It always represents his presence. A strong wind comes from God, and he separates the water. But the water didn't move till they moved. I remember moving to Vegas and feeling ridiculous. June 2017, we left Newport Beach, California, and it was 70 degrees. Birds were chirping, squirrels were waving. <sighs> Me and Mickey Mouse had coffee that morning. It was just like, it was one of those days, right? It was just a great day. The dolphins were jumping, everything was, everyone was happy. It's Orange County, everyone's happy in Newport. Everyone's happy, everyone's in a good mood. And we pulled into Vegas and it was 110 degrees. And we took Goldie out of the car seat. She was just she was six months old, just soaked. And I went, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm, God's going to kill me for this. I, what have I, I felt so ridiculous. And then we had our launch Sunday and a couple of hundred people came out to Fess Middle School. Some of you were there in the cafeteria on folding metal chairs. I, I still have a, I still have a, a disc out from those chairs. Don't sue the church, amen. We're building a building. I can't afford it. And so, and I just remember, I remember feeling just a little ridiculous. I, yeah. Preaching at the largest churches in the world and now I'm in a, I'm in a junior high. And it, it just, I just kind of felt ridiculous. I would lead worship. And then I would run off and Omar and Amanda would come up and do the greeting and I'd rip my in-ear monitors on. I'd put on my headset. I'd put on a sport jacket because I was a senior pastor. I thought you had to wear a sport coat. I'd put on my sport coat and I'd, and I'd run back out just drenched in sweat. Hey, everybody, God bless you. My hair's just coming down. I just felt like... But you know, I'm here right now and you know, I don't feel ridiculous anymore. It feels miraculous. I don't know if you were in this room Sunday night, but it felt miraculous. It, <sighs> 2006, we got married and the Lord said, give everything you got. Start your marriage giving. 
and it felt ridiculous. I do not recommend that. Amen. Don't do that. Don't do it. Even if God tells you to do it, don't give it here because I'm not, I just, ugh. Two thousand and eighteen, we did it again, and then this year, the beginning of this year, the Lord said, "You're too comfortable. You've gotten too comfortable." So everywhere I traveled this year, everywhere I spoke, every time I wasn't here and you were mad at me because I was preaching somewhere, <laughs> I was not accepting any kind of honorarium or speaking anything. We gave every dollar to the building this year, and I sowed that that very significant part of my income to this house. And you know what? There were, there were days I felt kind of ridiculous. I was telling Pastor Tommy about it actually last week. I, I told him that story and he looked at me real scared. He was 86. He looked at me. He goes, don't do that again. <laughs> he said, I'm glad you did it, but don't do that again. I said, I said yeah, I don't know. Only if God tells me to. But can I tell you? I'm not missing anything. It feels, it feels miraculous. All right, so they dig. And no rain. So here's point number two. I've got seven minutes. Everybody pray. Just let me have the band come up because maybe that will somehow inspire me to quit. Number two, trust his word. Trust his word. So here's what they do. They dig and nothing happens. Because see, nothing happened till the next morning, which means they went to bed that night without a miracle. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me? Can you imagine that meal around the campfire? So what's next, prophet? I don't know. I just heard dig ditches. That's all I heard. When? When's it gonna rain? I don't know. I just passed the chicken. You know, it's like, what are we talking about? And there will always be a moment between your obedience and your blessing where you got to trust God. And I wish I could tell you that doesn't happen, but it happens. Proverbs chapter 30 says, every word from God is tested in fire, which means every time God talks to you, that word will be, there will be a testing, proving moment. Can I hold on to what God told me? While I'm waiting, I've dug the ditches. I'm waiting for the rain. And now here I am. And you know what? They had had to go to bed. (laughs) Because when you've done all you know to do, rest. Jesus said, can you, can any of you, any of you, even if you've been in church for 80 years, 60 years, 10 years, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? It it reminds me of Peter in Acts 12. He's on death row. He's gonna die the next day. And when the angel comes into the prison, he does not find Peter praying. He doesn't find Peter fasting and he doesn't find Peter worshiping. He finds Peter sleeping. Because sometimes the greatest act of faith is to go to bed. 
And Peter, <laughs> Peter sleeping between two guards. He made, he made the two guys that were going to kill him his pillows. He's like, come on, get in here. It's cold. And he's out like a light. And the angel has to come and wake him up and go, let's go. I'm, this is a jailbreak. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber or sleep. Can I tell you, I believe God does his best work at night. <laughs> I believe God does his best work while you're asleep. I believe God does his best work when you, when you go, God, I've done all I know to do, and I ain't going to pray about it again. I ain't going to remind you again. I'm not going to, I trust you. I said what I need to say. You heard my heart. Now I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to believe that while I'm resting, you're working that while I'm sleeping, you're doing your greatest work. Lastly, 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 give with expectation. Give with expectation. So the next morning, when the grain offering was given. Okay. Here's what's interesting about the grain offering. The grain offering was a one-time offering given at the end of the year to thank God for the harvest. Watch this, watch this. You would look at all of your excess from the year and you go, wow, that's a lot of grain. I'm gonna give some of this back to God as an offering. This is not the tithe. See, the tithe is you give it first, right? The tithe is you stretch your faith and you give God the first 10%. The offering was different. The offering was, I've already tithed throughout the year, but here I am at the end of the year. Look at all this grain. I'm gonna take some of it. I'm gonna give it to God as an offering. But Elisha chose not to give it after the battle was won. <laughs> it, it's like he woke up and went, there's still no rain. Well, let's just give an offering. Can you imagine his army going, so we don't have water, now you're gonna burn up our food? By the way, don't give away your car payment today. Don't give away your electric bill today. You know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't, if you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get home with gas, we'll give you gas money. Don't, don't give away your gas money. Amen. Okay? Like, this ain't for you. Relax. This, I hope you hear my heart. We don't, amen. We want to help you. Amen. Don't. To me, it felt like, they would think I'm giving into even a bigger problem. <laughs> See, the grain offering was a burnt offering. Can you imagine the Moabites looking over the valley and smoke is going up? And they're going, what's going on over there? Can I tell you, sometimes when you give, it feels like a burnt offering. <laughs> oh, some of y'all have never been there. Uh, you get big enough, sometimes it feels like, sometimes it feels like you, you put it in the offering box and you hear, boom. <laughs> and you go, what have I just done? I've been, I've been on the website before and I've said, give now. And the moment I click, it just feels like my whole laptop just burst into flames and I just go, what am I? I 
believe that an offering that moves you moves God. I believe that an offering that touches your heart touches God's heart. And with dry mouths and dying cattle and and, and weak from exhaustion and dehydration, they, they give God an offering. And out of nowhere, from Edom, water starts flowing. T tonight, please go on YouTube and, and Google flash flood, like desert flash flood, and watch those things come in. Because if they wouldn't have dug those ditches, that flash flood would have come in and taken them all out. Yeah, yes. And when the water came in, it came in from Edom. Edom is a, is a Hebrew word. It means red. It's like red rock, red. So when the water came in, the scripture says it looked like blood. So when the Moabites looked out in the valley and saw all the liquid, they thought it was blood. And when they saw the blood, the enemy went into confusion and thought, oh, they've turned on themselves and killed themselves. First we saw fire, now we see blood. So they go into the Israeli camp with their defenses down. Wow. Wow. They just go in to pick up all the plunder because they think they turn. And there's Israel waiting for them. And God gave them the victory because they dug a ditch because they trusted God because they gave what they had. I believe that's your word today. I believe that as you sow, victory's coming. Can't buy a miracle. You can't buy a miracle. Listen, you can't buy a miracle. But you can offer something to God that he can bless, that he can multiply, and that he can turn on your enemy. How'd you win the battle? Uh, we dug holes. How'd you win the battle? We went to sleep. How'd you win the battle? We gave. That sounds ridiculous, I know, but then it invited God's That's the life of faith. That's the life of the giver. That's the world of the generous. God just makes a way. Your prayers and your gifts, they've been received by God as an offering. These are the words of the angel to a man named Cornelius. The angel said, you think you've been given to the poor, huh? You've actually been given to God. You, you've been giving through the poor. But God's been getting it. 
You, you think you're giving to City Light. You're actually not. You're giving through City Light. God's getting it. You, you think you're giving to that organization, whatever organization you love to give to. You're not. God's getting it. God said, you, you gave it to them, but it actually came to me as an offering. And every time you give to the kingdom of God, you actually give directly to God. And it blesses him. Yeah. Today, we're gonna sow an offering into, today, we're gonna give an offering to God through that building. And God will see it and God will be pleased by it and God will bless you for it. How's he gonna bless me? I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, between, that's between him and him. But I'll tell you this, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says it like this. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things. All things. I don't know your things that you need blessed but all means all. I believe God will bless you in that area. He doesn't say, I'll bless you in this area, but not in that area. Oh, that's too big. Oh, that, nope. In all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. That is the testimony of the generous. Say amen, everybody. Father, I pray for my friends as they sow today. I I feel such a sacred and weighty um, just responsibility to this moment. And Lord, collectively as a church body, we, we commit today to, to sowing this as an act of worship as an act of gratitude, and yes, as an act of faith. And we believe that even as we sow, our enemies are being defeated before us. Answers are coming, clarity's coming, wisdom is coming. Blessing in all things, all things. Some people do need a financial breakthrough, some people don't. Wherever, wherever they need you, Lord, I pray you'd meet them at that place of need. In Jesus' name. Just keep your eyes closed one more moment. I'm almost done. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Christ. Pray with me right now. Pray with me. Pray with me. Say yes to Jesus. Jabin, I, I wanna know that I'm right with God. Pray with me. All over the room, say Jesus. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen.